we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. These stories after Jesus. So we're really talking about what started manifesting in the disciples after the whole end time story. After Jesus told them about the end time, it started pulling stuff out of them. Amen. So we want to make sure we get an understanding. So as they were talking among themselves, like we talked about last week, about which one of us is the greatest, which one of us arrogance began to set in them. And Peter, of course, the unlearned one had the most arrogance because he had to prove to the others that he had proved his value to the others. Think about it now. I want y'all to get a good understanding. Now, the others were, you know, master craftsmen at this and that, but a lot of them were learned. Luke was a doctor. They had degrees and different things, and Peter was the unlearned one, so he had the street knowledge. So in order for him to equate himself with the others, he had to put himself on a pedestal. And let them know, okay, well, I can't, I can't be smarter than these guys, so that means I'm more loyal. That means I'm more faithful to the Lord. That means that I got the Lord's back no matter what. See, the rest of y'all, you know, y'all, you know, but I got his back. And this is when Jesus saw what was manifesting in Peter and had to deal with what was in Peter. Amen? Luke 22 and 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as what? Sift you like wheat. And if you understand uh, anything about uh, the sifting of wheat, there, there's two kinds. Back in the day, they used to thresh wheat on the threshing floor, and they would beat the wheat stalks to try to get the wheat uh, seed that was good uh, for, for, for putting back. And, you know, grains weren't the ideal food. Uh, grains would, would just keep. It, they, they would keep longer. So whenever there were times of famine, they would save grain. They would store grain because grain would keep and they could make things. But outside of that, they really did not eat, eat grains. But back then, it would keep and they, would, they could preserve it. The Egyptians, I don't think, ate it at all until it was a time of famine. Uh, and they would store it up. So they would thresh wheat on the threshing floor or whatever and beat the wheat, wheat out of the wheat stalk. Then once they got the wheat out and they would, you know, put it in the um, storage to keep, when they would pull it out, there would be a lot of debris, a lot of different things, artifacts, a lot of leftover from the stalks, whatever, whatever, and they would have to sift it. So they would put it in a sifter and shake it and sift it to get all of the, 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 the unwanted stuff out of it so that they could have it. So this is what uh, Jesus was comparing what the devil was going to do to Peter. So basically, Jesus was, if you listen to the language, Jesus was saying, you're going to be all right. Because he wishes to sift you like wheat. Well, we know when you're sifting, all you're doing is getting rid of the bad stuff. Amen? Yeah, when you're sifting, you're getting rid of the bad. So the wheat going to be all right. Just that sifting process is painful to some of us because some of us likes to, like that bad. Amen? That's your reputation. You crazy. There shouldn't be no Christian with a crazy reputation. Ah, you know he crazy. What? Is he saved and crazy? According to Matthew's account, after the disciples discussed who the greatest among them was, Peter jumped up and proclaimed that he was superior to the others. So he was, this was him basically tooting his own horn. Some of y'all that didn't graduate college, you know how you get when you get around folks that have degrees. A lot of times, amen, especially when it's a family member or something, they pushed you and you didn't make it. You got to get around them and start talking about what you able to accomplish without college. Amen. You know how it is. Amen. I mean, can we just be human for a minute? Amen. Man, a lot of y'all do that. You, you know, your mama and daddy didn't want you to move down here, whatever. So, I mean, as soon as you see them, 
And you homeschooling, they told you not to homeschool your kids, told you that that's crazy. As soon as you see them, you have your child speaking 10 different languages and they're five years old. <laughs> Say it in German. <laughs> Just showing off to try to prove your point. Amen. But we don't have to do that. Amen. I don't have to put, and don't, don't put, ladies and gentlemen, don't put your kids through that. Don't use your child to get back at folks. Oh, I used to hate that when we was little. Oh, boy. Man, when that episode of, 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 of what's happening come on, bubbling brown sugar, and them little kids start singing, we knew what was happening next. Y'all get in here and sing. Why y'all ain't singing on TV? Them little kids can sing. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all sing. We'd have to sing that Sunday at church. I say, well, can we sing bubbling brown sugar then? See, I'll show you how old I am. Then nobody get it. They're looking like, what? Bubbling brown, what? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Remember that episode of, there we go. Good gracious. Y'all say amen or something. All these old young folks in here don't know nothing about Raj and rerun. Our kids know because that's all we watch. We don't watch this new stuff. You know, we got all them old DVDs. Them old no acting folks. <laughs> Looking at the camera and stuff. This is what Peter had to do because he was unlearned and he was surrounded by learned men. So he goes to tooting his own horn to show himself. Show how great he really is. Mark 14 and 29. But Peter said unto him, unto Jesus, although all shall offend, be offended. In other words, they all going to leave you, yet will not I. In other words, they're going to all leave you, Jesus. They're all smart and, you know, sophisticated and bougie. They're going to leave you, but I'm from the street. I got you. I got you, Jesus. Boy! Don't you mess with Jesus. Because that's all he had. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So that puts a different perspective on it. So Peter had to uh, uh, toot his own horn. And try to look good in front of these other learned disciples. This opened up the door for the enemy to test Peter. So once Peter got in himself, testing time, it opened the door. That's what happens to us. A lot of us are going through tests right now that we open the door for. Uh-oh. We open the door for it. And the door needed to be open because it was something that needed to be tested out of us. You're going to go to the next level of where God wants you in the next place. Then testing has to come. The children of Israel could have, the, 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 the Israelites, they could have gotten out of the wilderness. They just couldn't pass the wilderness test. So they all died there. They stayed there. All they had to do was give up the false gods. They died there because they couldn't pass the test. No matter what happened. I mean, Nephilim showed up. And they sitting there, uh, we can't whip them. They couldn't pass the test. They didn't have the faith to pass the test. And it's the same with you in your life. You'll be, God, God will let you stay in that same place until you pass. Look at somebody say, pass the test. Pass the test. You keep reverting back to who you were and handling it like the old you. You're going to stay right there. You're going to, in a lot of cases, die right there. Amen. You stay in the same place too long, you get stagnant. What happens to stagnant water? What happens to anything stagnant when it sits? It rots. 
They get sick. Our bodies do the same thing. When we're stagnant on the Lord and we can't move past the point, that's where all these diseases and different things that attack our bodies come from. Because we can't pass the test. We can't make the change. We can't get out of it. So the children of Israel ended up dying in the wilderness. So this opened Peter up for a test because Peter had this arrogance in him and God had a great ministry for him. But he couldn't do the great ministry while he was thinking or worried about what folks thought. Peter, can you believe after reading first and second Peter that this is the same dude worried about what folks think? Really? Because when I read first and second Peter, it's like Peter was trying to get killed. He's like, kill me for the sake of the cross. I mean, he was hardcore. But before that, he was worried about what people were thinking. God could not have a first and second Peter in the Bible from someone that's worried about what others think. When we are lifted up in pride, we are destined for a fall. Proverbs 16 and 18. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before what? Yeah, when pride is there, it's testing time. And you got to pass the test to get to the next place. Peter did not realize the severity of the situation. So he's sitting up there in front of Jesus. Jesus, I'll go with you. I'm with you no matter what. I'm with you. He wasn't assessing the severity of the situation and how hard the journey to the cross would be. Now, this journey to the cross was so hard. Jesus himself in the garden said, God, is there any other way? Jesus said, is there any other way? But then he said, not my will, but thy will be done. But prior to that, he was like, Jesus, is there any other way? And here's Peter. I got you. I'm going all the way. He didn't assess the situation. He didn't know how severe it was. That's some of y'all. Uh-oh. I'm, yeah, I'm an adamant, adamant believer. Unshakable. Unbreakable. Really? Really? Let's see when the test come, how unbreakable and shakable you are. Unmovable you really are. Because the test and trials are going to come every time you sing it. You're inviting testing. You better assess the situation. Peter didn't assess the situation. He's just talking noise. I got you, Jesus. I'm there. I'm there. Instead, he tried to use it as an opportunity to show himself and how great he was. First Corinthians 10 and 2. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. When you think you got it like that, you better take heed. When you think you the bomb, you better take heed. Amen. When you think you're the one with the answers. You better take heed. That's right. But Peter didn't realize the severity of all of this. And he just went to talking and talked himself into a bad situation. Amen. Luke 22 and 32. Jesus said the devil is going to sift. He, he's, he's asked for you. And he wants to sift you like wheat. But Jesus said, but I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. Jesus just told him, it's going to be all right, bro. Matter of fact, you're going to be converted and you're going to be in position to strengthen your brothers. Peter didn't even hear none of that. He's still worried about who's the greatest. He has to go through the test before he can understand this passage. 
Y'all understand what I'm saying? His mind wasn't in the right place anyway. So he couldn't even hear. Jesus just prophesied on you, brother. If Jesus pray for you, you're going to be all right. I mean, who other than Jesus can make it all right? If Jesus tell me he's praying for me, then it's on. I prayed for you, Peter. That, that, that should have been it. He said that your faith will not fail. And when you get past this, you're going to strengthen your brother. That's powerful. Jesus did not stop the sifting. No, he's, he's not going to stop it because he's the one that's letting it happen. It needs to happen to get it out of you. Amen. God don't spoil his children. The Bible says he chastens us. Makes us better. He ain't going to just be giving you stuff. Jesus did not stop the sifting process. But rather he prayed that Peter's faith would not fail. The test would make Peter better. When you was in school, when they wanted to just make sure you were better than you were before you came to the school, what did they give you? Before you got married, something happened in your relationship. Oh, yeah. Y'all got mad at each other and thought this was it. Guess what that was? That was a test. There's no advancing without a test. Amen. No advancing without a test. Just don't get stuck in the test. That's the worst feeling in the world. Remember when you was in school and you look around and folks start finishing? (laughs) As soon as somebody turned their paper over, oh. You know, it's just a sheet of paper, so it don't sound like nothing, but to you it sounds like pow! Pow! Oh! Another one finished. Pow! Oh! sheets of paper so like they were slamming it on the pop. <laughs> then you got the obnoxious student I'm done man can he die can he die <laughs> but the test there is no advancing without a what a test James 1 and 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. Patience. So you got to sit back. I love this, but let patience have a first word. You know what that means? Just sit back and deal with it. It's necessary. Let it work. There's something in you that this test is going to get out of you. Let patience have a perfect work that ye may be what? Perfect and what? This is the word entire which means complete wanting nothing you won't want a beans after the test you was getting tested for the beans after the test you don't even want one because the test made you realize that it wasn't even important or it made it realize made you realize that your motives was wrong in the first place well this is good Y'all don't know how good this is. See, folks get spooky. They want to hear the end time man talk about that false prophet and the, and the big frog that's coming out the water. 
<laughs> they do that. I get emailed all the time. Yeah, man, I mean, that message that you was preaching about, that, that, that's the stop, man. Just stay right there. Shut up. Don't tell me where to stay. <laughs> and we need, this is what we need. How many of your faith is getting tried right now? That's what I'm talking about. Look at this. I ain't got a giant frog in my yard. I do. <laughs> but I need some faith. I need to learn how to let my faith be tried. Amen. And you can't skip the process. How are you going to advance yourself? No. Only God's testing is going to advance you. And you think it's going to be easy? Think again. It's going to be the worst thing ever. Nothing worse than dealing with flesh. There is nothing harder than dealing with your hardness. But you'll be perfect. And entire. Wanting nothing. Jesus knew what was in Peter. And that it had to be removed in order for him to truly be converted or changed. Same word, converted, changed. Peter's arrogance was preventing him from being used by God. God don't use arrogance because arrogance points to the man. And God only uses situations that gives him credit. Proverbs 8 and 13, the fear of the Lord is to what? Listen, how do you fear the Lord? Well, the fear of the Lord is to, this is how you fear the Lord. You hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. You hate the evil way and the fraud mouth. That's how you fear God, because those are the things that God hates. Pride and arrogancy. Because when you're in pride, you're lifted up in yourself. Jesus wanted Peter to strengthen or make his brothers strong once he was in position to do so. So God was like, I'm going to pray for you. You're going to be converted, all that. And then afterwards, strengthen or make the brothers strong. Once you're in position, he knew Peter's selfishness had to be removed. Listen to this. So he would truly consider his brethren. The only thing he was thinking about about them was trying to be better. He's thinking about their degrees. He don't even think he's in position to do it. And God is getting ready to raise him up to teach, learn men. God had a future for him. He couldn't even fathom. Dude, you're about to go teach the philosophers. So you can't be worried about what people think. So he says, once you're converted and all that's gotten out of you, then you're going to go and strengthen the brethren. The very brothers you worried about what they're thinking, you're going to be the one to strengthen them. He knew Peter's selfishness had to be removed, so he would truly consider his brethren. Galatians 6 and 1, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are what? Spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. He had to, Peter had to get spiritual. Oh, I'm preaching now. Luke 22 and 33. And he said unto thee, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee, both in the prison and to death. Did Peter know what he was talking about? Not even almost. And he said, I tell thee, Peter. Since you so big and bad, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice, three times deny that thou knowest me. Now, what does Peter say after that? Jesus just, y'all realize that's Jesus. And Peter, throughout the whole 
account of these apostles, I mean, of, of these disciples accounts of the stories, Peter always the first one jumping up saying stuff all the time. He's always jumping up and saying something. Always the first one to talk. Well, he was trying to prove his wealth, prove himself. And Jesus was trying to get that out of him. Well, Jesus was getting that out of him. Peter's emotions got in the way of a true assessment of himself. In the process of trying to look and sound good in front of others, he neglected to truly see himself. This happens all the time. You can get to talking about yourself and lifting yourself up and everybody else around you is thinking like, he crazy. But you're thinking you're making yourself look better. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove what? Prove what? Prove your own. Prove it to yourself. Don't prove it to anyone else. Prove it to yourself. The only reason you're trying to prove it to other people is because you haven't proven it to yourself. You want a title in here. Prove it to yourself. I'm a minister and I need to be recognized as the minister at the church. Who you minister to? Do you minister on your job? Have you minister? Who you ministering to? What qualifies you? See, the church got it wrong. They think somebody got to stand up in the church to be a minister. I don't have anything to do with it. Oh, when when we're going we to have the t- uh, young minister's tag team hour. The what? The young minister's tag team hour where we tag in and tag out. We, we all get five minutes. Five minutes? You know I can't get to the, I can't lift my iPad good in five minutes. You know how long-winded I am. Some of you looking at me now. When is he going to finish? <laughs> the jokes is going a little over this week. <laughs> Peter even drew a sword. Oh, now Peter just went too far this time. Drew a sword and cut a man's ear off to prove his point. Y'all never even looked at it like that before. This is Peter just like, he, he, he's out of control. But a lot of times we hurt others in the process of trying to prove a point. We're not even thinking about who we're hurting. We're just trying to prove a point. Self-righteousness is the enemy of humility. And it can cause us to step on others in order to stand tall. Peter trying to be seen. and man can't hear no more. You took somebody's hearing to prove that you got Jesus' back. John 10, 18 and 10. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut his right ear. Yeah, and Jesus put his ear on. Now, I'd have let Jesus go at that point. It's like, man, here. I'm like, I, mean, I can't arrest him. This dude just put my ear on. Y'all, I, I'm out of this. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm, I'm with them now. Leave Jesus alone. I mean, I mean, he put his ear back on, told Peter, look, Peter, you don't take your sword and, and, and use it out of order like that. That's what he told him. Now, Jesus didn't have a problem with him having the sword because Jesus is the one that gave him the sword. Uh-oh, somebody missed that. Yeah, yeah, just back up in Luke. It's not in John, but back up in Luke, the doctor's account. And he'll tell you that Jesus is the one armed him and gave him the swords. Told him, I told you before not to have a sword, but now it's time to arm yourself. Peter just wasn't supposed to use it then because he was trying to show himself. He's trying to prove a point. Jesus already told him they're going to come take me. I have to do this. So don't block this process. Cut, the, cut his ear off trying to prove a point. And a lot of times that's what we're doing. We're hurting people just to prove 
a point. Amen. Peter didn't realize that the same desire to keep up the appearance of being something great in the eyes of others would be the very catalyst for him to deny Jesus. When we are overly concerned with the opinions of others, we will compromise for the sake of appearances. Let me read that again. Peter didn't realize that the same desire to keep up the appearance of being something great in the eyes of others would be the very catalyst for him to deny it. What does that mean? That means when he was around the other people, he had to deny Jesus if he's going to look good. Now, if he's worried about how he looks and everybody around the fire were Jesus deniers, he had to fit in and look good to them. So I can't be with Jesus. Weren't you with him? No, the dude that is cut his ear off. Brother, I think, was standing right there. Like, dude, see that dude ear? I, I, I just, I know that ear was laying on the ground. Wasn't that you? No, man, I'm, that, that wasn't me. I don't have nothing to do. I don't know Jesus. He was still trying to look good in front of others. And that's what that causes. When we worry about appearances, we get in certain circles. And we deny Jesus. Galatians 1 and 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. If I'm worried about what people think, then I can't serve Christ. Summary. Pride doesn't always mean that you think you are better than others. Pride can also be your inability to deal with who you really are. Peter wanted Jesus and the disciples to believe that he was something that he really wasn't. He wanted them to believe that he was the strongest and most faithful among them. Jesus, seeing this, knew that Peter was only setting himself up for a fall. This is common among believers today as well. When we desire to alter people's opinion of us, then we must flaunt ourselves and our accomplishments. We must lift ourselves up by tearing others down in order to prove that we are better in their eyes. Peter had to diss the other disciples in order to appear better. This is what led to his sifting that caused him to deny Jesus. When we desire to look and be better than others, we will hurt others in the process. We must learn to esteem others higher than ourselves. We must learn to decrease and not be hindered by the opinions of others. And most importantly, we must be who we really are and not try to portray to others that we are something that we are not. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We all have committed life altering sins. Amen. Whether we got away with it or not. Can I say that again? Amen. You got your finger pointing at the lady that's pregnant that got pregnant just because you didn't get pregnant don't make you no better than that. Amen. You pointed her belly and yours. Amen. That could have been yours. Amen. Looking at the dude with the tattoo. And because you didn't get one, you think you better. Now, nah, bro, you were sitting right in the chair and the electricity went off. <laughs> that could have been you. Amen. We're not allowed to do that. Just because you got away with it does not change the fact that we are all equal and none better than another. Galatians 6 and 2. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man do what? Prove what? His own 
work. Not focused on what others are doing and especially not focused on what others are thinking. Prove your own work. Then will he have rejoicing where? In himself. When a man learns to have rejoicing in himself, he no longer cares what others are thinking. When you no longer care what others are thinking, you are fit to be used by God. So let every man prove his own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone. It means I don't need your praise. I don't need your accolades. I don't need your title. I don't need your hand claps. I don't need your elevation. I don't need any of that. I can rejoice in myself alone because I know what God made me. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.